podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter. Welcome to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late round quarterback, and I'm joined by the loveliest of lovely co-hosts, Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on, buddy? I'm basking in in uh, in the glory of uh, some some tepid performances from uh, you know the, the the early round quarterbacks. I know that I know that they'll go off one day and and, and make us look temporarily stupid but it was nice to uh nice to see the uh, strategy pay off in a big way in week one. Oh, it feels so good the, the best part about week one i think is the fact that uh even if your quarterback streamers didn't pan out it didn't matter yeah yeah because you know aaron Rodgers was a nine and a half ten point guy drew Brees was a 15 point guy manning had a good week uh but relative to what you paid for him it really was not a good week yeah um so yeah, I mean, like it, what we do every week on this show, and what we've done, what we did last year, just to kind of the the accountability side of things is very important with what we do here because we don't want to just throw guys out there and not, uh, you know, take accountability for it. But like, you know, I think I think what's key is uh, with last week is that there wasn't, and it was kind of crazy. There wasn't a a real blow up performance outside from, from any of the positions outside of probably Julius Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, Hearns, but you know, obviously. Right. Right. Or, or Alan Hearns. Yes. Yes. But yeah, but I mean, I mean in general though, I mean of, of the, the tight ends and quarterbacks of the guys that you would, you would draft in the first five rounds, you know, maybe Stafford if, if you would have picked him early. Uh, but you know, it was really Julius Thomas. It was the Julius Thomas show this week. And, and that's good because, you know, the chance of you playing Julius Thomas this week was 10%, maybe 1 out of 12 if you're playing a 12-team league. So um, it's good. It's a good start to the year, mostly because those top guys perform so poorly. Yeah, you know, I actually think uh, uh, that uh, a weird thing is happening, you know, on, on Twitter today. And I don't mean – I'm not trying to be, like, funny or sarcastic, but um, a, a lot of – people who were were investing in sort of the middle round quarterbacks to be to be every week starters you know people yeah. who were freaked out by Foles's first half uh, people who were traumatized by Romo's uh, um, output on Sunday uh, they are uh, asking in droves uh, you know should I drop Romo and then just stream the rest of the season and I mean, that really depends. I can't answer that for sure, you know, in a vacuum. But uh, it just, I think it goes to show that, um, you know, that, that if you if you do invest, not in the first, second, or third round, but even the fourth or fifth round, that you, you're getting a guy who you're expecting to start every week and who you're building your team around to be your every week starter. And when he lays an egg like that, it, 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 it scares the bejesus out of you. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and speaking of which, we'll just run in, I'll, I'll run down what we had last week uh, and, and who we picked just to, to show, you know, listeners uh, or to, to, to tell listeners because we're not showing anything. This is a podcast um, to, to tell them who we picked. So 
Last week, defensively, uh, Jets, Texans, and Eagles. Jets weren't as good as anyone really thought that they would be. Um, yeah. They just couldn't couldn't force turnovers, which wasn't wasn't the plan against a rookie quarterback. Oakland was was the team who was able to force turnovers because Geno Smith loves to, to hand the ball away to opposing defenses. Really does. Um, but the the Texans got a touchdown, which was great. They were were they the top defense uh, last week? They were week? the second uh, highest scoring from from okay. uh, ESPN scoring. Perfect. And then the Eagles, how did they end? Up? Uh, top five. Yeah, yeah. So it was a, it was a solid week all around for for defenses. Obviously, the Jets was a, the Jets were a little bit frustrating, but I think they were still like seventeenth ish, maybe sixteenth, mm. weren't they? Um, yeah. So, Maybe maybe a little bit lower, but even so, I mean, it wasn't like they got you negative. Yeah, exactly. I mean, basically, I think that we we saw just how putrid that Jets secondary is going to be this year because they couldn't even take advantage of, of a rookie quarterback starting his first game on the road. Right. With they, with we learned a valuable lesson. Yeah, with not the greatest weapons in the world too. Right. Um, uh, as for quarterback, uh, Alex Jesus Smith ended with uh, as as a QB twenty seven, which is terrible. Um, but I will say he was sandwiched between Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, uh, and he was ahead of Tony Romo. Mm-hmm. So again, it wasn't really a high scoring week for quarterbacks in general. So I don't think Smith really really killed you this week. Uh, he certainly wasn't good. But the good thing that you did see is that. Um, you know, he was using his legs. We, he had that, that Konami code going on yeah. for him. Um, Geno Smith, another not-so-great outing. QB 24, he had 13 points. Um, you know, I, I, he didn't kill you again. Drew Brees was just two points ahead of him, so it could have been worse. But the main streamer that, that uh, I threw out there last week, the guy that you should have started, was Carson Palmer, and he came through. Uh, he's the QB 5 in fantasy right now after posting 21.1 fantasy points. So I'd say so far so good for the most – just Palmer came through. Palmer came through. He did. You know, I think generally, like if you watch the game, uh, you know, I had Palmer going in a lot of formats, a lot of leagues, a lot of daily and everything. Oh, yeah, everyone. But, I mean, that was not the most comfortable performance, I would say. Um, No. But I think that it's encouraging, you know, that – he played, you know, on and off, kind of like garbage, and he still was QB five for the week. I think. Oh yeah, they 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 opened things up in the passing game for sure, especially with with Andre Ellington not a hundred percent. And I feel pretty good about Carson Palmer long term this year. I think that, uh, you know, that was one of the things that I said prior to the season was that he was the one, probably him and maybe Jake Locker later. I know that I've loved Alex Smith, but it's more of a joke than anything mm-hmm. else. Um, but you know, Palmer's the one guy who could really be a, a top 10 guy this year, just because of the way that offense is built. Yeah. I mean, you, you saw the, the number of deep shots that he took and, and he has, he has, you know, what could be one of the, the league's best, uh, deep ball guys in Michael Floyd. You, you saw what he did, um, yeah. on, on Monday night. I think that there's obviously a lot more where that came from. So you have to consider his weapons, John Brown, Ellington, who, who didn't look exactly healthy, but. I think that his surrounding cast gives him a much higher floor than than, than a lot of people would think. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then at tight end, we had Jared Cook, who put up a solid four for fifty six line. He didn't have his juju, <laughs> but his 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 week one juju. Uh, I know. You know, someone tweeted me something like during the game, just in all caps, Jared Cook, and I was like, oh my goodness, he scored. 
and then I saw that it was just like a it was like a twenty yard reception or something. Like, oh, yeah, thanks. yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, to be fair, the the passing game was a complete dumpster fire, and he came away as the seventeenth best tight end in in PPR formats. So could be worse. I had Cook going in a couple leagues, and you know, nine and a half points isn't exactly hateful, so I'll take it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and again, you know, it's not like. It's it's not like there's a ton of separation between uh, some tight ends. You know, for for example, you have you have a guy like Travis Kelsey last week who puts up a three for forty nine line. It wasn't anything spectacular. Uh, he had seven point nine PPR points, but he was only four point two points away from being a top twelve tight end in in PPR leagues. That's that's just the way it works. That's why you go with the high upside at tight end if you're streaming. It's because it's really not that hard. The only thing that separated Kelsey from the rest of the group was a touchdown. And right before Anthony Fasano scored that touchdown, Kelsey was targeted in the end zone. I know, which is which is why I was so oh, I was so mad. I was watching that and following that, and I was yeah. uh, so you frustrated. Know, I think Kelsey's performance in context, even though he only ran 15 routes, which is which is uh, a, a little uh, well confusing, but also uh, concerning. Right. Um, uh, w- with a little context, like you just provided. It really wasn't uh, nearly as bad. I, I'm not giving up on him at all as a as a streaming option. Ho- hopefully, someone you know, if Andy Reid wants to score points this year, someone who will gain a foothold and, and be an every week guy. Yeah, I mean, I, absolutely. And Andy Reid's already talked about how he wants to use both Kelsey and Jamal Charles, who inexplicably had 11 touches against Tennessee. That was that was probably the worst thing that happened to fantasy football. It's last a week. crime crime against fantasy. I mean. That that harkens back to um, you know Thomas Jones getting twenty six touches and and Jamal getting eight you know back in the day. Right. I mean that that gave me a PTSD. I swear. <laughs> oh man! So and then the other the other two that we just kind of mentioned. One of them was a shallow league guy with with Zach Ertz who scored a touchdown was good. He was a tight end six. And then I just kind of threw Brent Selleck out there in like a super deep league. He caught three balls. Um, it was wasn't terrible, but. At least he didn't give you a goose egg. <laughs> That's the tagline of the show. We'll sure yeah, get a yeah. goose egg. We'll make sure you don't get get a zero unless a guy gets hurt. That's the caveat. Mm-hmm. So let's move into week two, Dennis. Let's do it. All right, give us some defensive streamers. All right, uh, I have this on um, the the fake football. Uh, I've assigned um, streaming scores to all uh, all the defenses in the NFL this week. And the elite ones, uh, uh, elite plays, according to my streaming scores, are the following. Uh, uh, we have the Packers against the Jets. We have the Texans against the Raiders. Um, and uh, the Cardinals uh, against the Giants. Uh, those are three that, that jump out score-wise, streaming, streaming score-wise. And you can read about more with, what that means um, in, in the article on the, on the fake football. But uh, basically... I think uh, Houston is uh, will probably be my number one defense for for this week, um, uh, followed closely by by Tampa Bay. Um, but but Houston is if they're out there on on your waiver wire, I really think you need to uh, make that a priority and go get them. Um, I, I, the Packers seem like they have a great matchup, and like you mentioned, Geno is not exactly. Um, the best with with turnovers and uh, will throw picks and fumble and do all that stuff. Uh, but I I really don't see them as as uh, you know a defense with a really high floor in this one. I think that they're um, you know they're 
they could score, they could be a top five unit, and they could also be, you know, mediocre, like middle of the pack or, or even worse unit. Um, uh, because I think that, that they're also susceptible um, in the secondary, and I think that the, the Jets can score if they want to score, basically. And mm-hmm. I think that they'll be forced to do that in this one. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm targeting Arizona because, good Lord, the Giants look like the same old Giants. I mean, I mean mm-hmm. Eli is a disaster, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. and, then, uh, uh, and then finally, uh, in, deeper, in deeper formats, uh, don't be afraid to stream uh, the Jacksonville defense uh, against Washington. Uh, I think that front seven for Jacksonville will give RG three fits, like you saw last week. Um, yeah. it, like it'll it, the way the way that that sounded at first. Like I'm not even kidding. The way that I took that is that it was going to give RG three Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> right. Well, that too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think RG three is playing Fitz Magic on his uh, in his. It, it's gonna it's gonna give him Ryan. Fitzpatrick. <laughs> The, the Jaguars' defense is going to birth Ryan Fitzpatrick for Robert uh, Griffin III. I, I think that that's, you know, that's confusing, but I think that it, it works here. Um, yeah. Uh, sorry. I didn't mean to No, interrupt. no, it's fine. And anyway, I look at the Jacksonville secondary, uh, especially I think with an injury at safety, is going to be very much susceptible uh, to that passing attack if it can, if can, if it can get right this week. Um, so I'm not saying that, uh, the Jags are, are fantastic play, but I am saying that, that, uh, they, they could, they could be a really nice top 10, uh, play for week two. Yeah, that's a, it's a pretty, I mean, like I, it's a, it's a clear play on the offense that they're playing, What you do with streaming. I understand it's, it's still scary though, because they, they did, um, in the second half look pretty bad against Philly. Which is which is the hesitation? Yeah, that yeah, no, that that's that's true, and and uh, you know, I guess Philly just hit the gas then and, right, and uh, right. went berserk. But um, absolutely, but so yeah, they they still they still got to the quarterback though, which is a good sign. I mean, those kind of things, and plus, it's it's Washington. If not if not for St. Louis, Washington would be the dumpster the dumpster fire on offense of the yeah, league. Right I mean, now. I really, I I think I, I tweeted the other day like is. Is RG three a streaming option now? Uh, like, yeah, I, I in my fifteen transactions article, I said to drop RG three. Yeah, I, I just I would not even come close to considering him an every week starter at this point. Right, and not not even not even close. and and you know I mean so that that'll be weird for us to one day be like <laughs> be like look stream RG three this week trust me. right right that just shows I mean it's just that and the depth of court I mean it's crazy that's that's what. It's just another reason why this strategy works. Exactly. So who, who do you um, have a quarterback? Well, before I do that, what are your thoughts? I just want to get your thoughts because I feel like people would ask, what are your thoughts on Buffalo this week? Or are they too? Are they owned too much in, in leagues? Uh, you know, I, I they they have a middle-of-the-pack streaming score for me. Uh, um, but I think that there is some uh, some appeal there. Uh, I think the, 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 the Dolphins' new run-heavy attack actually – um, makes me a little tepid on the Bills. Just um, I don't see a scenario in which uh, Tannehill is dropping back 45 times and slinging it everywhere, and that's kind of what we want. Um, yeah, so yeah. That's what I yeah. – I got you. Mm-hmm. That's fair. They did look good. The The only reason I bring that up, and I guess it makes sense because uh, the Bears had threw the ball 75% of the time last week, uh, which is what, part of the reason – 
that we saw the two turnovers to Cutler and whatnot, um, or the two interceptions, uh, which is why I brought it up because they look good against Chicago. One of the, I know that there were injuries to, to Alshon and B-March was, wasn't in the entire game, but um, they look good in week yeah, one. Yeah, no, they did. I, and uh, I, I, I would have them as a top 12 unit. I just um, – they're at home, right? I think they are. Yeah, 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 they're at home. yeah. So yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't I wouldn't hate. It. Are you are you using them in in any leagues? I'm I mostly bring it up because I was kind of, like I like them in daily this week. Um, I I I just I th- I don't know. I, I obviously they're at home. I think that's big. They look good in week one. I like the Packers probably more from a price perspective in daily, but I just felt like I would should bring it up. Yeah. So anyway, all right. Um, week two quarterback streamers. I have four because the first one's not really fair. Um, the first one's Andy Dalton, who's owned in 75% of leagues, and that's not really a, a streamer. Right. But, um, I think it's really important to know, like, he hasn't gotten a, nearly enough buzz this week about the matchup and, and what he, like, he wasn't bad in week one whatsoever. Um, but he's playing against, he's playing at home. Uh, he's playing against Atlanta. One of the worst pass defenses in the league. They were decent, I guess, against New Orleans, but they were in Atlanta, so they're going to be outside in Cincinnati. Um, the the Bengals are five point favorites with a forty eight and a half over under. Uh, Dalton last year, uh, game splits wise, we all know the story how he was so much better against bottom half defenses. He scored ten more fantasy points per game against bottom half defenses. Um, I, I just I think it's it's one of those games that is going to build up and just be one of those Andy Dalton blow up games. Yeah. It just it just has that feeling all written all over it. Another so uh, Joe Goodberry who who writes about the Bengals, um, he re- I saw retweeted on his timeline. Uh, it said in his in Dalton's past three games against NFC teams, he's seventy one of a hundred with nine hundred and seventy yards passing, nine touchdowns, and one interception. Wow, that w- I mean I I do I'm I'm kind of ske- skeptical about the relevance of a, of a of the conference piece there. Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, yeah. you're not fair. wrong on this on the splits. Um, uh, I uh, using the uh, Rotoviz game split app. Uh, it looks like Dalton averages about six points fantasy points more per game versus um, uh, bottom sixteen pass defenses than he does against top sixteen. So, you know, like right. you said, he really picks on poor pass defenses, and that's exactly what you have with Atlanta. Right, and last year it was just beyond crazy the way that he would he performed against the top and bottom half defenses. And the other the other thing too is that in week one he looked relatively decent against in a division in a divisional game, which is pretty big for him because he usually doesn't perform well against the division. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that he's in store for a good week. He could be in store for an even better season. Um, and I love I love Dalton this week. I love Dal- Dalton and AJ Green stack in daily is going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah, get, that that seems like a like a lock for something. You know, like a hundred yards and a touchdown. I think that that's, yeah. that's kind of like the floor for them. Yeah, uh, I, I totally agree. Um, the other guy who is 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 my number one streaming option this week um, is Jake Locker. Uh, I, I love the guy before the season started. Um, he showed why in week one against Kansas City, he put up 20 fantasy points, uh, had 266 yards passing, a pair of touchdowns. Uh, he rushed six times for 14 yards, which is the one of the big reasons you like Jake Locker. Um, the Cowboys defense is atrocious. You saw uh, what San Francisco was able to do whenever they just when, whenever they were actually playing offense and cared about the game. I, I don't really mean that, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. 
Um, <laughs> I mean, they, they were up 28 to three at the half and, and they, they were scoring points. Like it was, they were playing against a middle school defense. Yeah. Um, so, and the other thing too, is I, I don't really think that the game flow is going to get that out of control with the Titans. Cause their defense isn't as strong, even though the 49ers were depleted a bit. Um, and not only that, but I think Tony Romo is going to be better. I think that's, that's going to, to change things game flow wise. Yeah. Um, there's a, a 49 and a half over under and the Titans are favored. So there's going to be Vegas thinks there's going to be a lot of scoring. Mm-hmm. And, and let's not forget that the Jake locker has pretty legitimate weapons. Now uh, he's got Kendall Wright as the possession guy, uh, Justin Hunter, who could blow up this week. He should blow up this week. Nate Washington's fine. Delaney Walker looked good in week one. Um, I, I love his weapons. They're, they're youthful and they're, they're solid. Uh, I, I really like Jake Locker this week as as the the number one. He's my Carson Palmer of week two. I, I love that you just used uh, youthful. Uh, I did. Yeah, I mean that that is <laughs> coming 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 from coming from a twenty six year old. Right, yes, right, right. I, I actually think uh, if if Hunter has you know like a a three catch fifty yard line this week, I think that uh, we're gonna have a, a a nervous meltdown, a nervous breakdown. Yeah, oh yeah, on, it's gonna be on bad. Fantasy Twitter. Yeah, I'm I'm playing him everywhere. Every league I own him, he's gonna be in my lineup. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I mean, I just I, I just I feel like expectations for, for Hunter this week are just like through they are. the roof. They're high for locker too. I mean I've saw I, I've seen people talk about um I, I've seen many people say that they're they're starting Jake Locker over Tom Brady this week. Well, yeah, I mean I think that that, that, that makes sense. And it also they yeah, I mean I've seen people say uh, uh, Locker or uh, oh man, what was it like? Locker Stafford or Locker Cutler, and I'm like, man, you know, this right. is this is this is the conundrum but, you run into if if you invest, you know, into in a court. right. That exactly, exactly. I think I think the fact is is that Locker is going to be slated by many to be a top ten quarterback this week, and and he was undrafted. No one drafted him in a normal league this year. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's good. It's a good thing for streamers. Right. Um, the next guy on the list, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do it again. It's Alex Smith. Um, Jesus returns. Thank gosh. <laughs> I better, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm sorry. I shouldn't say stuff like I, that. I better get to church if that's, if that's happening right now. Yeah. Um, he had a terrible week one. We know that. Uh, but he gets Dwayne Bow back. Uh, I can guarantee you that Jamal Charles is going to be more involved. Uh, Denver game this week, uh, it's the second highest scoring over under, uh, even though Denver's favored by like 49 points. Mm -hmm. So they're going to win 49, nothing. Um, but I, I just, I just, I just think that, uh, you know, things just didn't go their way this week. The, I think that they're going to re reevaluate the way they played offense. The biggest question mark is obviously that offensive line right now. Um, and that's key. I'm not really saying that Alex Smith is a – the next guy I'm going to mention is, is a better option, I think, from, from a floor perspective. Um, but I think that if you're in a true bind, don't shy away from Alex Smith this week despite his week one performance because I think – you know, he played well against Denver last year. Yeah. Um, he's good in, inside the division. Yeah. Um, and I think just given, given the way that people view – I just felt like the need to bring this up because I think people look at him and say he's, he's unstartable. But just given the fact that they're playing Denver, it's going to be high scoring. Uh, he's going to get probably some opportunities in the second half. I, I think that he's still a, a decent streamer. Yeah, I mean, De- Denver is going to mutilate that Kansas City defense. I mean, yeah, don't, yeah. You know, seriously, don't let your kids watch the game. It, it, yeah, because there's going to be death right? on the I mean, field. blood everywhere. So, 
yeah. uh, um, I, I would say that Smith is going to have to do something. I mean, he's going to have to throw. He's going to have to run. We all know about his Konami uh, uh, potential there. So uh, I think he's a volume play, you know, more than anything. Like, yeah. Like, you have to do something, Alex, you know. So go go score some fantasy points. I just, I don't know. I, I think that he's, that that's the appeal of of uh, of, of Smith this week because, I mean the Broncos. I mean that 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 KC defense just stands no chance. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, the other guy who I think has probably a higher floor uh, and who was on living the stream, not not personally, but we mentioned him all the time last year, <laughs> is my boy Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, they're playing against Oakland this week, who's pretty bad. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick hopefully won't turn the ball over like Geno Smith did because if Geno Smith didn't, he would have been in that seventeen point range last right. week. Um, Fitz got his Konami on a little bit last week with four, four rushes for 10 yards. Uh, I just think that he's a safe option in general against a really bad Oakland defense. Uh, he's got the weapons around him. Uh, he's not going to, he's not going to be nuts. He's not going to go crazy. He's not going to throw for 350 yards and four touchdowns. Um, but, but I think he's a serviceable option with a pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Floor. I, I, th- I think, uh, he only threw 22 passes last week. And I, so I think that it's clear that if, if they don't have to throw or don't have to do anything, that they're not going to do anything in Houston offensively. Yeah, I, absolutely. And so that 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 makes him. I know you you mentioned him as kind of a uh, you know a third tier streamer maybe, but uh, that makes me a little nervous because he doesn't he won't have. I mean, if they get out to a big lead, he's just going to turn into a handoff machine, and you know that. Yeah, for sure. I he, he was super efficient in week one, I'll say that, from a, in, in terms of passing net expected points per drop back, so I'm not looking at cumulative. Uh, only Matthew Stafford, Colin Kaepernick, Matt Ryan, and Peyton Manning were better than Ryan Fitzpatrick on a, on a per drop back basis. Yeah. Um, I think I, I honestly think that Oakland's defense could be worse than, than Washington's that he saw last week. Um, I, I don't see a reason to, to think he can at least duplicate what he did a week ago. Um, I know that he had the big play from with DeAndre, but I'm I, I think I think he has a decent floor, even if he only throws the ball twenty to twenty five times. I still think that he's not going to turn the ball over, and he's he's a pretty safe option. Yeah. yeah, I agree. And it's and it's a deep it's more of a deeper league play. I mean, I think Jake Locker is the clear play this week. He's still own like he's still only owned in like six percent of ESPN.com leagues. So if you're you know if you're if you're basically the person listening to this podcast you're part of you're, you're our demographic you're probably in a, in a 12 14 team league he's going to be out there so jake locker is the guy this week um similarly to, to how palmer was last week and then i would i would say fitzpatrick's next and then alex smith third mm-hmm. yeah so those are those are the three I agree. alex alex smith is going to be on this podcast every week by the way i mean i'm telling you that he should come no one no one likes alex smith except for us Living the Alex Smith. Yeah, I mean, hey, look at we can we can do this. We can make this, uh, um, you know, a sponsorship. This reminds me yeah. to uh, to tell everyone out there uh, to visit uh, Sportable Is this week to check out some of their really good uh, Week One analysis. They have some really good uh, uh, polls and other quick statistical breakdowns, kind of really digestible little bits of of of, uh, of information from Week One's games. Um, so, so check them out. Uh, also their, uh, uh Twitter, Twitter handle, uh, you should be following them. Shame on you if you aren't really. Um, but, uh, the, the Twitter handle is, uh, at sportable NFL. 
and our, our buddy Sal over there is, is doing really good work with a bunch of um, talented, really knowledgeable writers. So uh, check out sportable.is today, and uh, you can thank me later. Thank you. Yeah, every time that we do the uh, the sponsor uh, bit here, I always want to say, and Sal is such a great guy. He is. He is. He's I mean, awesome. he's he is the nicest guy. He he's so nice. He makes me feel bad about myself. Yeah, he is. He I think he is the nicest human being on the face of the earth. And especially like like I'm not. That's not hyperbole. No. Like he is. He is the nicest human being on right. earth. I, I mean, especially on fantasy Twitter, he really sticks out like a th- sore thumb because we're all just like, awful <laughs> human beings. You know, yeah, we're all <laughs> such huge dicks. Which is terrible people. And Sal comes in. Yeah. and He's like, hey guys, how are you? <laughs> yeah and that's in like his his tweets are gentle yeah right he's a, right he's a gentle he's a gentle tweeter so that's why when he tweets i think that's the way he's speaking just as you did his impression i, I think that you right no he, he is i think he's the anti-kenny darter yeah that's a good point you know? that's a very good point maybe the anti-davis maddox too oh oh for sure no i mean i don't even know i mean i know i know davis and sal are, are boys but uh I'd like to see them talk for like half an hour. The, the yeah. funniest thing I think I've seen in a while. Opposites attract, man. They'd talk for hours. <laughs> they, they just wouldn't be able to stop. Maybe. But all right, well, let's get into some tight ends. Um, I'll start, I guess. Sure, Is that go. Cool? Okay, um, I'm pretty interested to see how the Bengals use Jermaine Gresham. Uh, he's not like a fantastic play or anything uh from historically it's Jermaine Gresham he's like that middle tight end two kind of player um but what's interesting is is Hugh Jackson's uh history with tight ends when he's had a legitimate tight end one tight end uh Zach Miller and Algie Crumpler in his history they've been fringe tight end ones Mm. um last week we saw eight targets go to tight ends in that offense there's no Marvin Jones Muhammad Sanu's pretty inefficient uh, Jermaine Gresham could be the de facto outside of Gio Bernard, number two wide receiver on this team. Um, and against a defense that's terrible, um, I'm, I'm interested to see what, what Jermaine Gresham can do. I, I don't think he's a terrible, uh, tight end play if you're not even if you're desperate. I think that if you're an Eifert owner, especially, I think that he's a good guy to pick up while Eifert's out, obviously, cause he's a backup. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that he could just sort of fall into, you know, 50 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like he's just he's not, literally just <laughs> he's really like like we 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 know what he is, you know, yeah. and and that's that's fine, but uh, with Eifert out, you know, he he's going to run a whole you know a whole lot more pass routes. He's going to see more targets come his way. Uh, so yeah, I, I really I like him. I like him this week. I, I think he could. I think he's a pretty safe bet for like six to eight targets, um, which that's all you that's all you need sometimes. Uh, you know, you're not looking at you're not looking at guys who are going to get when you're streaming tight ends who are going to get double digit targets. It just it doesn't even happen at tight end that often, right? And the fact that that Gresham could easily get eight targets this week makes him really attractive. Yeah, I, I think last year we recommended Eifert when Gresham missed a game against Baltimore, and Eifert was targeted was targeted ten times. In, yeah, and yeah. I think he only caught like three or four of those passes somehow. Yeah, thanks, thanks, rookie. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he dropped. Oh God, he dropped like two touchdowns. It was horrendous. But uh, anyway, so so yeah, I mean Gresham. I think targets is well within reason. Yeah. So who do you got? Well, uh, I was intrigued. You know, and I I broke down uh, the um, Giants' new offense under Ben McAdoo, 
um, for uh, four for four.com uh, this, this past off season. And the one missing piece there was tight end uh, mm-hmm. because they just did not have a clear cut uh, uh, tight end. And, and basically uh, McAdoo said, well, we can, we can kind of go without one or, or de-emphasize the position. Well, his background in coaching tight ends uh, just, you know, I just sort of filed that away, you know, in, in the old, in the old brain matter and, uh, yeah. said, you know, okay, if, if, a, if a tight end emerges in this offense, I, I want to be on that bandwagon. And so we saw Larry Donnell, uh, uh, for the way, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, emerged last week as a guy and I, I was looking at his usage. Um, he ran 25 pass routes against Detroit, which that's not a ton, but it's not terrible um he was targeted eight times he caught five uh five of those passes uh he went for 56 yards and a touchdown so uh and and two of they went back to well not i don't think it was back to back but they had the the four plays in the red zone from like the one or two or whatever and they went to him on one of the plays and then they actually scored with him on fourth down which is good to see. yes exactly i I think uh I, i mean he's a he's a huge target um, I mean, we were thinking Ruben Randall would be the only uh, red zone target uh, for, for them. I mean, if Donald can be the guy that they just throw jump balls to, um, I'm I'm in. I mean, I I, I like I like him uh, I like him a lot. And you know the 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 matchup this week stinks, but uh, if you're desperate, you could do a whole lot worse than uh, Larry Donald, who uh, Rotoviz pointed out um, sounds like your accountant. Yeah, it really does, doesn't he? <laughs> I guess Larry anything does, except for Fitzgerald. Actually, that kind of sounds like an accountant, too. <laughs> right, exactly. Here we go. Larry anything. Um, right. And then, actually, I think that we were both going to mention Niles Paul. Do you want to talk about him? Because I can talk about... Actually, I'll just... I'll say, I think that people should still... Um, I'll let you talk about Paul. I think that people <laughs> should still be on the Travis Kelsey bandwagon. Um, yes. I think that this he he could actually blow up this week still again. Um, the one one really important thing with him, he was targeted five times. He actually ended up uh, in terms of target net expected points, which measures how many expected points a, a guy gets on all targets. He finished fourth in the league this past week among tight ends. Wow, that's good because wow. because he was you know he caught three out of five balls, and when he did catch the ball, he was super efficient with it. Um, right. so that's, it's really important the leading receiver, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really, really important to, for, for, for someone to have that much, uh, that much consistency from a, from a target perspective. Um, so I think, I think it'll be interesting if they do use him more, uh, and if he runs more routes, um, for, to, in, in fantasy, I think that he's not a bad guy to see if he has a decent, I think he has a decent ceiling. This is a terrible, I've done a terrible job at explaining this right now. <laughs> Here's what you could have said. Uh, don't give up on Travis Kelsey. Don't you ever give up on Travis Kelsey. I, I, I'm pretty sure I just had a stroke. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, wow. Well, this show just got more interesting. Sorry. Sorry. And more. Oh God. I'm, uh, well, I'm sorry about your stroke, and I will talk about <laughs> Niles Paul as you recover. Um, so I, <laughs> I was a little after looking at his uh, um, numbers. Uh, Niles, Niles after, Paul actually sounds like Alex Smith's disciple. 
Right. I mean, I think that goes without saying. Right. Right. Okay. Keep going. I'm sorry. (laughs) That's pretty good. Uh, So as he was catching fish, uh, it's um, (laughs) we're so bad right now. Oh God, jeez, this is this is terrible. So, um, Nasbaugh only ran 16 pass routes after Jordan Reed went down early in that game against Houston. Okay. Uh, the concerning thing is, is that Logan Paulson, a.k.a. Dad Runner, <laughs> and he ran 23 pass routes. So Dad Runner. I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm wondering, okay, so the guy who runs literally like he's in quicksand. Literally um, like a dad. I mean, yeah, like a big, like a giant dad, you know, <laughs> um, you know is, is he's getting more action not i'm sorry not more but but he gets more opportunity i guess in the past game the the good thing is niles paul got four targets he caught all four of them he went for 86 yards i know he fumbled whatever um uh paulson only got two targets uh after reed went down so you know i I just i i think that 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 niles paul could be um he's really good measurables from what i understand i just i just think that he's a guy to uh, to pick up and see and kind of see what happens because uh, if Reed misses a long time, which they're they're hinting at in Washington, uh, you know he could he could become a, a guy who you just plug and play. Yeah, totally, totally agree. All right, so that does it for the streaming portion of the show. Do you want who are the who are the defenses again? Packers. Uh, who else? Uh, uh, well, Houston. Houston. Uh, Houston, uh, Jacksonville, uh, and and Arizona. Those are my. Three, oh yeah, yeah. But uh, you just talked day. about the Packers a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I got Jake Locker as the number one dude, and then kind of in the background you have Alex Smith hanging out with Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> and then at tight end we have uh, Jermaine Gresham, Larry Donnell, Niles Paul, and Travis Kelsey. Also another guy, another tight end is Dwayne Allen. Not don't I mean just keep an eye out on him. Yeah. Man, if he could get if he could get a like a full gig, yeah, I mean, yeah, because wasn't wasn't Fleener uh, didn't he get targeted more than Allen this week? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's like so dumb targets. What's going? And I, I mean, I listen. I just want I want the Colts to acknowledge who they are. They are a team that needs to run just a fast break, full out. We need to score as many points as possible. Offense, mm-hmm. um, which is a technical term, by the way. Yeah, uh, and and. And for and forget this stuff, you know this Trent Richardson nonsense. Stop it! Just yeah. stop trying to, trying to establish the run it's, and all this. Just throw it. It's really interesting that there are, there are like two instances on the Colts' offense where they're clearly using the wrong players. Yes, it's really strange. Like it's it's bad. And I know that people hate Pep Hamilton, and I think that uh, like I haven't really had feelings for him towards him. Not for him. <laughs> Definitely don't have feelings for him. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> Any any sort of feelings towards him, but I'm starting to hate him. Uh, you know, I just because I'm not an I, Andrew Luck guy. No, me neither. But but I for fantasy purposes, right, right. I just want Pep to be like, look, we're gonna throw it 55 times a game. Everybody knows. <laughs> yeah. That. By the way, by the way, Reggie freaking Wayne. Yeah. Oh him. man, boy. I I I just I just imagined you like actually like levitating off the ground. <laughs> that was amazing. And, as as Wayne caught his the first like five passes. <laughs> it, was, it was unbelievable, dude. <laughs> it's awesome. Anyway, all right. So those are our uh, those are our streamers. Uh, Niles Paul and Travis Kelsey. I don't know if I mentioned the final two. Um, so there's only a few Twitter questions. Uh, we'll get. I think there's like three, just because we didn't really ask for them. Um, 
The first one is from the guy who said I, I wouldn't be able to pronounce his Twitter handle. From Evan Chandler, at Ducalion. Do you think that's right? I Sure. I mean, that looks right to me. D-E-U-C-A-L-I-A-N. Ducalion. D-E-U. It's not, it's not Douchalion. It could be Douchalion. Douchalion. Could, that, that could be it, too. All right, anyway. So he says Tory Smith or Kelvin Benjamin this week. Um, so Tory got, got the Steelers on Thursday. Um, he, he plays decently against the Steelers. The Steelers' defense is terrible. Um, by the way, I want to throw it out there that the Steelers' defense is going to be the Bears this year. Oh, yeah. They look like it. It's, it's going to be really bad. Uh, Carolina gets Detroit at, at Carolina, which I think is, is pretty favorable. I'm not against starting Kelvin over Torrey Smith this week. Yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge Torrey apologist. I've been trying to excuse his week one performance for the past three days. So uh, I think, yeah, well, I haven't made my ranks yet, but I think that I will have Benjamin above Torrey. Yeah, it's close. Uh, Benjamin was pretty impressive week one. Uh, as that number one guy, and then obviously your boy Brandon Cooks, the other oh, the other yeah. the other rookie wideout that did work. Um, next question we have from Juan Peen at R Bremen eighty eight. He says, "Seen all the info, re Pierce and force it. Who starts on Thursday? Also, importance of home matchup when streaming D's. Um, I think Forsett's going to get them get." The work. I, I have pretty strong feelings about the Baltimore backfield. Yeah, I've seen I've seen the your strong feelings on on Twitter, and I, I agree with you. Just because I mean Pierce is in the doghouse. Yeah, the the one interest I think Evan Silva brought it up. It's like Bernard Pierce doesn't have any history of fumbling problems. He fumbles once and he doesn't see the ball again. I I think that the reason for that is because they know he's not very good. He's he was the least efficient running back last year. Uh, according to the metrics, he was a number fire, but he was re- he was just as, he was pretty inefficient as well the year before that during his rookie year. Like there, yeah. there's a very very good chance that Bernard Pierce is just not good at running the football. I mean, he looked like the real freaking deal during his rookie season with the Ravens. I just I don't really understand what has happened since then, except for maybe injuries. I don't know. I don't. Th- I mean, Tally Farrow's right there. He's going to come up and, and take that job. It's it's going to Justin Forsett. It's unbelievable to me that people think that there's this significant tie with him and Gary Kubiak when he played one season with Gary Kubiak. Like, I understand they went out and got him. I get it. And he can play in the zone blocking scheme. I get it. I think that he's the guy that you should own in the short term, but it's Justin Forsett. He's, he hasn't done he's – he's on his fifth NFL team. Yeah, yeah. I just think, I just think it's I, – I don't – maybe do people think that he's – going to be like the long-term starting running back there I, I i don't know if they do i don't think that's smart the other thing that people need to realize too is that it might not even matter because the running back in that in that system it might not be that effective which is another reason i'm just going for upside you know i'm not looking at those two guys i'm looking at the third i'm looking at tally farrow i think he's a great stash if you have a deep bench i mean i'm in a couple of leagues where i just don't have room on yeah. the bench but just keep an eye out i i, I really I really think you, they, that, you know, he, he's the guy in the long run. I mean, this is a long season. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, another question we have from, whoa, this guy's name is Konami Q- QB. No way. Way. Whoa. Oh, and he joined, he joined December 2010? Whoa. He just changed his name, though. He must have, I'm assuming. 
He said, who would you rather have the rest of the season, Brandon Cooks or Justin Hunter? I mean, I'm going with Cooks myself, but I understand. I'm probably, probably going to go with Hunter. Uh, you know, it's, it's weird. it feels weird for me to be like, to be like on the opposite side of team big wide receiver. Mm-hmm. But I just, you know, I just think I just trust part of my, my, my like of cooks is just trusting Sean Payton and, yeah, and Drew, Drew Brees to, to want to, to want to score points. I mean, yeah. as weird as that sounds like, like, I don't trust like Mike McCoy. I don't trust him. I don't trust that he wants to score points. Yeah. No, and score you, touchdowns, so. You're probably right. I mean, Cooks is probably the logical uh, play there. I'm, I'm actually, it's kind of funny that we're in like these reverse roles right now. I know that's what I mean. I just, I, I just, I can't, I can't ignore the, that factor on another team. I just would not be nearly as high on, on cooks, but I just, I trust that Peyton and Breeze know what they're doing. <laughs> I, yeah. 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 I still have a worry about uh, Kenny when, when the rest of the wide receivers get healthy, when Kenny Stills is healthy, because Kenny Stills can play a possession, a possession game. He's, he's, I mean, I'm not saying he will or that he's super capable, but I think that there's the perception that he can only be a deep threat, and it's possible that he can play closer to the line of scrimmage, which would not do what do good for Brandon Cooks. I'm a little concerned uh, about Stills' return, but I like again, I, I just I just don't think you know on other teams it would just be like all right, you know the 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 set, what, Stills is a second year guy, yeah. So like you know, still stills is back. So rookie, you you're you sit on the bench now. You know, like I just don't think that happens there. Right. Yeah. No, it's fair. I I don't really disagree. I think that Cooks is going to be potentially monster. Um. So that's fine that you like him over Justin Hunter. I guess. I'm glad you think it's fine. Yeah. Um. Sorry, I was trying to pull up the next question, which is why I just said those things. <laughs> Uh, the last one's from our boy Rust, Russell Pedal at Rusty Pedal Bike. Uh, he's a basketball writer at Number Fire, and he's awesome. You guys should follow him. Um, he basically says, so Arizona's on waivers. Their defense is on waivers in his league. He said, should he play St. Louis, who plays Tampa Bay this week, mm-hmm. Green Bay, who plays the Jets, or Arizona, who plays the Giants? I mean, I, I'd say Arizona. Uh, I mean, they're, they're not a great defense, but... I think uh, you and me and, and nine other people from fantasy Twitter could force a turnover against yeah. Eli at this point. So the one the one thing I will say about Arizona this week is that it, they just came off a Monday night game and they're traveling east and they're playing a one o'clock game against the Giants. Oh, that I'm just that, I'm I'm just yeah. throwing it out there. I'm throwing that, it out there. That, that kind of ruins it for me. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. It's a good it's it's it ruins it in a bad way. Or you hate me? Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, then all right, fine. I just, I'm, I'm quitting. I'm quitting the podcast. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I think they're gonna, they're gonna be great this week. I'd still pick Arizona there. Yeah, I'm yeah. just throwing out the idea. Yeah, I just, yeah, uh, I can't, I just can't get over how bad. You're right. Eli Manning is. He's, he's so bad. Yeah, he is. I'm, I'm with you, dude. I mean, like, like if you okay, if you had to start a team today with Eli Manning or Ryan Fitzpatrick, Ryan Fitzpatrick, yeah, me too. <laughs> no, no, I mean, like, yeah, yeah I probably. Wouldn't. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I don't, I can't, I can't name. Okay, uh, Eli or Geno Smith. 
Gino. Start a start a franchise. Gino. Gino. Yeah. I, I would I would start Eli over Fitzpatrick, but I would take Gino. Mm. I just I don't know how many I just don't know how many years you know the two Super Bowls will buy him. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of ridiculous that Giants fans were burning his jersey. Did you see that? Oh wow, really? Yeah, it's like come on, guys. He gave you. I mean, he, he won two Super Bowls with you. Like, even if it like just get over it. I I, I mean I don't think that you know these these feelings the, the this this feeling that he's on the decline. I don't think that's isolated to just like random fans and fantasy freaks. I think that. Uh, I read, I you know, we all read. I think last year that Giants. There are a lot of people in the Giants front office who who were really concerned that he's on the downside of his career already, and that they shouldn't have signed him to that extension. Yeah, they, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's he's not in good shape right now. He was number fires from a total NEP. And when you factor in rushing, he was the worst quarterback last year outside of Blaine Gabbard. See that? that yeah, it's bad. It's really bad. But all right, Denny, did you want to rant today or no? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I feel pretty good too. Yeah, I I, I don't I'm, want any bad karma. I need to. I I you know what I do need to do. I need to go and and do my search for uh, the latest from Kenny Darter. We'll we'll see if we can get that on the show next. Nice, week. nice. That sounds good. All right, well, tell everyone then where they can find you. Uh, at CD Carter thirteen on Twitter and. Uh, I'm writing for uh, Roto Grinders, which should be out um, uh, on Thursday morning. Uh, it's my market exploitation column, along with the, uh, the Fake Football XN Sports and Four for Four. Boom! And I can be found on Twitter at Late Round QB, uh, and then all this stuff going on at NumberFire.com. We publish a ton of content today, and we will throughout the rest of the week. So definitely head on over there. Um, so that's it for, for our week two streaming options. Already week two. Denny, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we will catch you next week. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the Internet Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long. It's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out me.